Alrighty, buddy. Peace. Welcome to the Sorry to Bother You show. Wherever or have you're listening, we're so grateful to have you here with us. As you guys know, I'm Kashawn Cottle, and I'm joined here, as usual, by the amazing, Mr. Fantastic, the greatest, the GOAT himself, Dre Pennington. I love that. What's that? I love that intro. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know I was going to get GOAT with it, but I, I love that for you. Thank you. I love that one for me. Thank I'm, you. I'm running out of adjectives to describe you, brother. I think that's a good thing. So I'll take that as that's well. That's a positive. That's yeah. a positive. Uh, Dre, uh, check-ins, brother. How are you feeling physically? All right. Physically, I'm a little hurt. So right now I'm at the, I'm a six or seven. I'll give myself six and a half. Uh, I got a, had a hamstring injury, hurting, and talked to a couple AT friends. And they were like, look, bro, it's probably going to be a, a three-week to, to five-week type of thing. I've been kind of stubborn and, and just shooting in like these men's league games. So <laughs> I've just been doing that. Um, Still dropping 30 on them. No, no, no. I didn't realize how hard it was to just shoot over somebody every time. And Dre, you're six, you're six, Dre, you're six, four. You can probably just, this shoot over everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, physically I'm still, I'm always going to say thank God. Cause I'm just still feeling good, feeling better. Lifting weights still, still feeling good every day. Mm-hmm. Um, mentally, even in a better space, uh, I'm gonna say at eight point five. I got a new, you know, learn on the on the on the job on this new job a little bit more. Congratulations! So it's, yeah, it's a little, it's a lot. So I'm just like trying to take in it, all the information. Um, and then spiritually, I'm always gonna say, nah, I'm gonna say nine and a half, not ten this time, nine and a half. You know, praying every day prayed this morning um you know it, it's never it's a non-stop grind i wouldn't say can't be a perfect 10 but we're all trying to get there i'm gonna yes. go with that for the day and how about you how are we feeling i love what you just said we're not perfect 10s but we're getting there yeah yeah i love that uh dre physically i'm good so check this out man quick story so today we are going we're doing one-on-ones during workouts today and yeah. we're working on getting downhill so the offensive player will be in transition. They'll get the outlet pass, and it's one defender. It's one-on-one. So I got it. I went downhill, and I gave him a bump, and then I went to my Euro step, and then I finished. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. So you know what it's like to be over six foot and kind of yeah. stuff, right? I don't know what that's like. So the the guy that I bumped, he's about six three, six two and a half, but he's real. You know, there's some players that are just stocky to the point where they look like they should be playing football. Yeah. He's a great guy. I'm not going to put his name out there, but great guy. He works hard. But anyway, so I bumped him and I went through Europe and I went to the Euro step and I finished. And I was like, man, I feel really good. I feel <laughs> really strong. <laughs> I don't get to say that often, but I felt really strong in that moment. And I'm sure that's just a culmination of the workouts um, paying off this offseason. Hey, there we go. Get big. <laughs> Getting strong. strong. I'll never forget you called me Eric Bledsoe and yeah we love you eric but i took offense to that because i don't he just said i don't play like eric Blesso at all but jay was trying to be funny but um uh emotionally i'm good i'm in an amazing space man uh mentally i'm great uh i took a two days off yesterday to go see my family down in alabama and it was much needed extremely therapeutic great time to take it's good taking some time off um separating from everything and spiritually, I'm in an amazing place, man. I'm really starting to learn the importance of, of other people's faith, you know? So, Because sometimes we lack faith, man. And 
we need a support system to almost like compensate for the faith that we're lacking because like like the most high works to the point where if our support system is strong and they have a strong faith and like and they're praying for us and believing in us then sometimes that is enough as well for the most high to bless us man so i'm really starting to learn the importance of that of having a strong circle support system that is you know strong in their faith as well and and and, and praise all the time and and it's just constant in their faith um i'm starting to learn the importance of that because like you said man like we're not perfect tens but it's a journey it's a path to get there man and having people along that path with you makes it easier facts facts there we go yeah but dre we got a lot to talk about today man we've got some summer league action. I know you're our resident savant when it comes to summer league action. I'm watching summer league, man. <laughs> uh, we're gonna talk about Wimby. Uh, everyone seems to love Frenchman and our high hopes on him, so we're gonna talk about him as well. And we are also gonna talk about free agency because we haven't done a, an episode since free agency started, so I'm really looking forward to that. And guess what? Guess what, Dre? We're gonna talk about tennis. <laughs> For maybe the second or third time on our show. <laughs> By the way, guys, Dre played tennis in college. Bruh, I played up. <laughs> I tried to play a what's the name of tennis, guys? It was terrible. Played against two guys who were tennis pros, and we were playing doubles. Uh, I was hitting the ball so hard, it was like flying over over everything. I was just like, yeah, this is not my sport. No finesse here, guys. But- Dre Dre also played at Wimbledon when we were in England. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what Wimbledon it is. It's even terrible. It's even more terrible. <laughs> All right, Dre. Let's get let's get started, man. Um, Dre. Honestly, there's a lot of moves. Um, but there have been a lot of moves so far during free agency period for the NBA. Lots of signings. A uh, couple big name trades that we've covered on our Patreon. Uh, to a point. But Dre, as of right now. What has been your favorite move and what has been the most impactful move? Um, so, so most impactful, I can't say just yet. I want to say I want to wait till the um till the the year starts for the NBA, but mm-hmm. I want to say a move that I'm really kind of shocked at is the fact that Miami with their uh with their run this year, there's two of their two of their seven or eight guys that they've had are walking away and i didn't Mm. because i thought that they would stay um but you know gotta go get yours um come on gabe vincent and max Struess. gabe vincent and max Struess both leave um max Struess, i think just got four years 80 million um from cleveland yeah gabe vincent also i think just got another nice deal what two three years uh 60 million or so I, think, I believe so. I think it was two years, 30 mil from the two Lakers. Years, 30 million from the Lakers, yeah. So it helps out the Lakers, helps their, their shooting woes that they were struggling with, um, helps get them another point guard, especially with them taking up the uh, – taking up not the player option, but also picking up D'Angelo Russell, which I did not expect, especially since they got Gabe Benton. You know, in, you know, Dre, do you think that they made the right choice by picking up D'Lo's option instead of re-signing Schroeder? Um, yes, because I think they need that spacing. And with Gabe Vincent, they, uh, they pick up someone who isn't just a, a, a downhill attack guy, but also spreads the floor a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why I, I like Schroeder on their team. I like it. He fits with them. It seems like, but at the same time, 
he also had a lot of times where he would get in foul trouble or he wouldn't make the right read at times. And it just seemed like, all right, well, like, it's like people were just constantly hitting their heads. Like, come on, bro. Like, what are you doing? Um, but I love the fact that he also got paid. He went to the Rockets. Um, couple free agencies that I did not expect. I never expected Fred Van Fleet to get a max contract. A max contract, yeah. Um, I also did not expect – I knew he would get paid. Um, guy from Dylan Brooks. I knew Dylan Brooks would get paid, but I didn't expect for the Rockets to go so much into him, put, like to pour so much into him. Um, so that's that's two things. Another one right now, and I think this is the one that kind of kind of keep an eye on. James Harden picked up his his player option, but he did that to get traded. Um, and he's trying to force his way back back to the West Coast. Keep an eye on that. I think that changes the whole landscape of everything. But at the same time, um, I'm wondering who's going to go into the Harden sweepstakes. Who's going to uh, go into that deal? Mm-hmm. You know, I want to say Portland also. Dame is now asked for a trade. That's a huge one. Uh, usual suspects who I would say usually people will say the Lakers uh, who else who else I think it up Lakers <laughs> Philly Boston usual three that people always say are always in the sweepstakes for those no people. I heard that if you, I'm sure you heard it around the rumor mill Dre that the Clippers were possibly shopping for James Harden as well yeah so those that was another that was the West Coast team that I seen that Harden had a possible like possibly one to go to but with the Clippers having realistically almost no just like any type of uh of, of capital to trade if they're gonna give away something it'd have to be either you know maybe paul george or um Kawhi leonard and we know that either of those two that's what makes them special i yeah. doubt they give up either one yeah and they um, already let they already let eric gordon walk as well yeah they had to let gordon walk they couldn't afford him and Westbrook took a massive, massive pay cut to be Extreme, on that team. Extremely. So, extremely. yeah. So I don't expect that team. I think that team now, I, I feel like those. that's one of the teams that will change from year to year. Um, you'll never see the same guys on that team probably realistically for the next three or four years right. until those guys retire. I'm just being honest. Right. Um, the Oklahoma City Thunder, I think people don't realize – are t- are loading up with with draft picks, draft capital, yeah. um, young guys that are not only good and but good enough to play as soon as they like step on the floor. Um, yes, yeah. So I'm a little, I'm a little, little kind of, kind of want to see what happens with them. I'm a little, little nervous for my West Coast team, the Warriors. Um, they pick up Dario Saric, great pickup. Been needing a big man, especially a mobile big man that could also stretch. Mm-hmm. But they also picked up Chris Paul, but let go of Jordan Poole, and Not, let and let uh, Dante Divincenzo go as well. Walk, but he got paid. He was he was ready to get paid, and he was due for it. He played really really well this year. New York's uh, the new Villanova right now. Man, three of them, three of three other national championship guys. All they need is Michael Bridges. My bad. <laughs> he's already there in in New York. He's in Brooklyn. So yeah. Um. So what's what's really crazy about that is. They let DiVincenzo walk, um, pretty much kind of let him go for nothing. Kind of had to, didn't really have a choice. They mm-hmm. let go of Jordan Poole for uh, Chris Paul, but now they're in the – I don't I don't think that they'll move Chris Paul again. I think they're, they're kind of locked in on him now. Okay. Uh, but the thing that I think is really, really wild is the fact that 
I'm seeing rumors that Chris Paul wants to start and the Warriors are now in the point where they're like, hey, we may need you to just come off the bench because that's what we needed like seriously last year. Yeah. And Chris Paul, we all know Chris Paul is such a, you know, when things are, are hectic, he's the guy that like calms everyone, everyone down. Great team manager, great, great floor general. And, and you know, Dre, I'm glad you actually brought this up because I was going to ask you this, actually. Do, do you think that Chris Paul's play style is going to fit within the offense of Golden State? I think it could. Um, and we've seen Chris Paul. People keep saying that Chris Paul can't come off the ball. Well, we've seen him play with James Harden. We've seen him play with perfect example um, Booker. We've seen him. We've seen him come off the ball before. I also seen him. Then he he also played with Schroeder, where they had like the three point guard lineup, well, two point guard lineup when he was in Oklahoma City. That is a great example, brother. Great example right there. Yeah. So uh, I'm just gonna say, like Chris Paul is is he he's fluid anywhere. He's a very smart point guard. He's high IQ. He can play anywhere. Um, only thing that I'm worried about is when they leave like you know they're they're going to try and double or not triple but they'll double and sag in the paint with but do they leave off chris paul and can he shoot a high enough clip for people just to stay with him but he's also in my opinion a you know top 10 point guard ever top five um, yeah i'll say some people argue top five yeah uh so that's what i'm saying like he's 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 good man so i'm worried about that um but what are your thoughts? Any thoughts on on any of the things that were that I may have missed? Yeah, Joe, I actually want to I want to pick up on two things that you said. First, you brought up Dylan Brooks slightly, and I want to actually give you credit for that because we talked about this on our Patreon account. How I felt that Dylan Brooks was extremely overrated, and I thought that the that the flack and the criticism he was getting from the public and the media was well deserved. But you actually you you corrected me on that, and you showed a lot of stats on the on our on our on our episode when we talked about this that showed Dylan Brooks had one of the highest defensive efficiency ratings. He actually shot above over the course of the season. He shot, I think at, was it 38, 39% from the three point line? Close to 40%. Close to 40 clip on the three point line, which is really well. Yep. And was an all defensive first team. First or second team. I got second team, second team. Sorry. Second team. So yeah. So I was only shocked that, um, like I knew that I, I figured that the the um who was it that Memphis would be moving on from him. Uh, mm-hmm. I just figured that he would eventually just go somewhere else. I thought he'd go to a, another contender. I just didn't expect for him to go to the Rockets because they have so many young guys that are all in that position, yeah. all in that small forward wing wing type of players. Um, but they did they, let they did let uh, Christopher. Is that his? yeah? Josh Christopher. They let they traded him. But they also traded uh KJ Martin. I want to say they let they traded him away and they let someone walk. I'm not 100 percent sure who that was again, but but it's still the fact that they have so many guards and, and small forwards in just that one spot. And we know nowadays small forwards are m- mainly playing the four position or um that that kind of tweener. And some of them can even play the five, depending on where you are. Yeah. Uh, so it's just like you you can do that and get away with it, but with a growing team and a very very young team, mm-hmm. I didn't expect them to to take someone. Um, and also, I didn't expect them to take Fred Van Fleet. I thought Van Fleet would go back to Toronto where he started, where someone gave him that his start. But a hey, money uh, talk. And, and you know, real real quick, 
Toronto wasn't willing to give Van Vliet that max contract, which is actually why he left. But people now are confused. Well, so, okay, so you don't give Van Vliet the max contract, but then they paid, they could turn around and pay, I think, Siakam or Ananobi, they gave one of those guys an extension. So they're not really, they're, they don't want to rebuild, but they, they, they don't know what they want to do. Yeah. Do they want to rebuild or do they want to retain these guys? Because if you're going to rebuild, you think you'd, well, you trade everybody. You know, you don't, you don't resign Van Vliet and then you trade Siakam, you trade Ananobi, but they don't really know what they want to do. It seems yeah. like. Yeah, I I agree. Um, and they're they're playing the the middle game, and they're they're hoping that they can entice, they can either find a star or entice a star to come. And I just don't think Toronto is one of those places that can do that. It's not a big enough market. I mean, when's yeah. the last time? When's the last time they got they 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 signed a major free agent? I can't answer that honestly. Right, I, but it is nothing against. You it, it seems like Toronto is a major market. You know, it's 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 the only team in the country that it's in, yeah. and it has a reputable fan base. But no one wants to go through customs forty times a year <laughs> as an athlete. <laughs> I understand that. I get that also. Yeah, I hundred percent understand it. But at the same time, um, when you win there, they love you. You lose there, they love you. They got you know arguably a top top uh you know the top three best rappers alive right now on their anyway on their, oh drake anyway. i'm just saying anyway yeah but they <laughs> they have they have a couple things they have a great also a great gm um i know they just let go of nick nurse kind of seen that coming especially with how they've been uh how that team's been for the last couple of years but at the same time i don't think their front office like you said before they don't know what they want to do they need to figure out something and they need to find a way to either get a star through the draft or a star through the trade. It, they got to pick one of them. It's just not, it's not going to work out with them trying to entice someone. I agree. I agree. And shout out to OG, you know, shout out to the, uh, the mid Missouri. Great. Wow. Wow. He, I knew he was going to find a way to do it. I knew he was <laughs> going to do it. But Dre, uh, but Dre, my, my, my favorite move, my favorite move. Uh, and you actually touched on a little bit was, of free agency so far was Gabe Vincent going to the Lakers. And the reason I like that move is because it shows that there is still a place in the NBA today for a pure point guard that doesn't have to score the ball. That the he that is the prototypical point guard that is allowed to 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 get the team within their offense, set up everybody, and not and not even necessarily look to play make all the time, but control pace. And be acting on defensive end. I'm I'm I, I'm I'm glad when I see players like him and Tyrus Jones, who's now in Washington, actually get get contracts and get bigger opportunities because it's it it should be a, 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 an incentive for players that are in college or even high school to know that hey, I don't have to do everything. I can just focus on being good at one thing, and I can get paid off of that. Yeah. Well. Well, there with especially with Gabe Vincent, I think his run this year because he was not not necessarily his run for the year because his he was decent for the year, which is one of the reasons why I think that Miami just knew like our he's we're we've hit our ceiling with this, um, mm -hmm. but not only that, but like he was also he he could shoot it, man. Like he has a a great stroke, pause. Um, but like he has a great a great jump shot, and he. 
he hits a lot of shots and he shoots it at a good clip. So I'm I'm really really wondering if um if they'll if the Lakers will you know what happens with D'Lo now with the starting position with the starting spot does D'Lo come off the bench? It's a it's a toss up for that. It's not like Gabe isn't has has not been you know to the NBA Finals, and we've now seen especially this reminds me of the the Lonzo uh, how the Lakers are are they don't care man like they remember uh, Lonzo also who they were like oh well, he's the future he's the he's the guy was traded Magic and, Magic was saying that though Matt you know how Magic is man yeah and they traded him and they instantly traded him for and they let who Rajon Rondo start a vet. A guy who's been been to the finals and is is proven. So a lot of a lot of up in the air with that team. But I also want to um give it to I'm another team that I'm I'm kind of confused on why they're not uh kind of just trading everyone away mm-hmm. is your uh your DC team. <laughs> they gave a lot of guys uh they gave Kyle Kuzma what they gave him what he wanted, I think 123 mil. 123 million for four years for four years yeah gave him that money um they're obviously they're most likely gonna re- try and re-sign uh ties jones and on top of that they're gonna have to pay uh jordan Poole. so they got a a good young team that's proven both both guys won rings and been in deep playoff runs and have contributed for the teams mm-hmm. um, but just wondering how they build around them especially with how they especially with how they deal, dealt away with Beal and how they've kind of, or we're just like, all right, we're going back into full rebuild. Yeah. Well, the thing about Washington real quick, Dre, is that no one was willing to give Kuzma and Max deal on the market. And Washington was Washington's plan was they were expecting Kuz to get a max deal. And so they, uh, they said, that, okay, we're going to, we're, we're trading, we're rebuilding. We're going to trade, um, Kristaps and we're gonna trade Bill and Kuz. We've got this money here for you. And if you can't find a better deal, we think you are though, you can always come back. And paraphrasing. And so yep. Kuz one didn't find more money on the market, but also he's actually established quite a loyal and strong fan base here in the DC area. The fans right. love him, the coach staff loves him, and he's a great locker room guy here in Washington. And so I think he's 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 found his niche here. You know, it's in LA, a lot of a lot of things going on off the court. Not nothing necessarily bad, but just a lot of a lot of distractions, a lot of things that can go on. But I think he's found his niche here. I think he's comfortable here. He's comfortable in his role, being the primary option now. And I think that was enticing to him. Sounds like a good plan, good thing to me then. So yeah. he got what he wanted. Um he, I don't know if he's gonna be the primary scorer because he they do got a man named Jordan Jordan Poole on that team. Oh, Kuzma's better than Poole. We will save this for the Patreon. We'll save that for another time. But um, I know you talked about Perzingis. Kristaps got hit. Also, is getting traded. Got traded to uh, Boston. But I'm I'm wondering, how do you feel about? Um, I know you talked about point guards. How do you feel about Marcus Smart now getting moved? His his path is eerily similar to that of Tony Allen. Is it not? Both went to Oklahoma State. Uh, both were in Boston, then get traded to Memphis. Both were all defensive first team players, defense player of the years. It was separate Tony Allen. But it's interesting because 
Marcus Smart is now going to be in a leadership role where and, and he was a, he was in a leadership role in Boston, but there's much more youth, a lot young, more younger guys in in Memphis. And I want to see how they respond to the veteran leadership of Smart, who is more vocal than the other leaders, veteran leaders that they have in Memphis now and Stephen Adams. And I didn't even talk about that. Um, also with Memphis, I think that smart pickup was actually really good. They lose Dylan Brooks. They lose Tyus, but they also gained uh, another guy who is a, is a solid point guard uh, with Marcus Smart. I think he's solid. I think Boston didn't – Boston fans may feel a little bit differently in, in some ways with how, how he ran kind of offensive-wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they also picked up Derrick Rose, who's also – I think I want to say for the city of Memphis – uh huge because people still there absolutely love and adore Derrick Rose. But yeah, yeah, they do. But I also want to put uh put a play on this as well. Another spin on this. They pick up Derrick Rose, who a lot of people say that is a lot of ja, how Ja plays and how how Ja is. And a lot of things that Derrick Rose has said, you know, in just different interviews and different things like that is. He wished that someone would have came to him and kind of talked to him before um, about how to take care of his body and how to how to work through the offseason and how to work, like, do all those things. They now bring in someone like Derrick Rose who can kind of help with job because the last – he's been in the league for, what, three seasons? Three, four seasons? Uh, four. It's going to his fifth. So the last, I want to say, two seasons, he's been injured, and he's been pretty injury-prone. Yeah. And a lot of what people kind of say about him is that, like, like – he's so much in the air and he's jumping so much and doing so much that mm-hmm. they're always worried about his health and about when he lands and how he lands and stuff like that. Right. So I think with the pro like Derek Rose, it helps a lot. Agreed. And you know, Dre, that quote you just said that that was stated by Ja, if you were just to put that quote on, on, on a screen and not have the name of the person who said it, that would sound like something Derek Rose said as well. You know, pre uh when he when he first got injured or when during his time in in New York, you know when he was recovering from that injury. But uh, uh, Dre, it has been a lot of interesting pieces moving around in free agency, and I agree with you. I don't. We won't know the most impactful move until the season starts, especially with James Harden still haven't been tra- have not having not been traded yet to go along with Damian Lillard as well. But the we can start to see the landscape start to shift a little bit in the NBA, and it's interesting. So we'll be covering that moving forward as the season starts. And, and we may have missed a couple. I know that Kyrie got his deal, and I know that um, I'm happy. I'm I'm actually super happy for him. I I think that that's a great pickup for Dallas. And people don't realize, man, Dallas is actually like it should be a big market team for how marketable it is and how much players love it, but. I think it's a it's a mid market team. I would say you, uh, Dre, you you took the words right out of my mouth. Kyrie got paid, and no one can do anything about it. So congratulations, oh. brother. You deserve it, man. You know Kyrie's my guy, man. So yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm already knowing you're good. <laughs> but Dre, speaking of guys that are fresh in the league, man, and trying to get their first shot, the summer league. The summer league guys, a lot of a lot of play going on here in summer league in Vegas. Not on the strip, but you know, in the in the gyms, man. Um, Dre, what do we what you are you are yeah. our savant 
our maestro when it comes to summer league action, man. What have you seen? Talk to us, man. What have you seen so far in summer league action? There's a, from this draft alone, I think there's a lot of promising prospects. Um, even though people say like all the time, like, oh, summer league doesn't matter, it's not something where it's like it really like translate. I think it does translate because it gives guys their first chance of seeing like, you know, how NBA actions are run, how NBA defenses are, kinda. Uh, they won't necessarily see the the NBA athletes, but those guys that are on in the summer league were the best at were the best players on their college teams. Um, so they're seeing the best of the best from college and now in in the summer league. So I think it's they they also see the pace, how quick it is, um, calls, different things like that, like the different styles. I think it's a good thing, man. Like I love summer league. Um, it's also the closest thing that you could probably see to probably like AAU basketball. <laughs> a bunch of guys thrown together. You got like four days of like practice and you have to just pick up on everything. And it's like, all right, go play. Um, and, but I will say like guys are out there playing for contracts. It, even if it's not a contract for the U S and the NBA, they're playing for a contract overseas that, or they're playing for uh, a G league contract or anything like that. So just saying, man, summer league's great action. And, it's one of the times, one of the few times where I think like you see someone go um, all out and will run through a wall for anything. Like mm-hmm. the, any any little any little loose ball, you see guys in their second year trying to come back and prove something. Yeah, uh, just different stuff like that. So I, I love summer league. I've also seen a couple standouts. Um, a lot of guys who fell in the dra- some guys who fell in the draft um, are now like trying to make put their stamp on why they should have been taken earlier mm. any uh, players in particular so i watch cam cam whitmore he fell initially was supposed to be a top five supposed to be top five sure was it's like the 20s i want to say 23rd um, right of the 23 yeah i want to say around there and he he took it personal <laughs> uh he's coming out he's playing really well Guys, I uh, guys I've loved so far is one of the Thompson twin that went to uh, Detroit. I saw it, right? So, yeah, mm-hmm. bro. Hey, all I gotta say is he will probably be he'll probably win a couple defensive player, uh, defensive all, all NBA defensive teams in mm-hmm. the future. Man, I think he's special defensively, he's long, athletic, um, but just has like the tenacity just to, uh, to keep working on defense, man. And, you know, uh, like he has the the wingspan also to just be disruptive at all times. Mm-hmm. I think he'll be really good, man. I think Detroit got a great pickup. Yeah. Um, Jabari, Jabari Smith Jr. Came back, showed, showed the fact that he was working on some stuff and he looks really good too, as well. Yeah. Uh, a lot of guys are trying to play their way into, you know, playing into the, uh, playing into the rotation and cracking the rotation this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Max Christie, I want to say on the Lakers looked really well. Has been playing really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say, who was it? Keontae George? No, Shaden Sharp. Shaden Sharp, who is the next guy for, um, for the Blazers, has looked phenomenal. He has been looking like, like he's he, he's a he looks he's he, he looks as though he's a, a show, head and shoulders better than than a lot of the guys that's on the floor. Portland's going to be extremely athletic with him and Scoop and and Anthony. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm telling you, I think they're. I think if once they're older and like they got more experience in them, I think those guys will be really good, and you'll hear a lot about them. Yeah. Um, but a guy who I think 
has stood out and fell in the draft, like I said before, and people didn't you know, people probably didn't even think about him. Uh Keontae George. Yeah. I heard about him before. Shout out to uh <laughs> I heard about him before. Watch a lot of like watch a lot. I watch a lot of um college basketball as well. Mm-hmm. But Keontae George out of Baylor, he is with I want to say the Jazz, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um he reminds me a lot of Donovan Mitchell. It's a great comparison, man. Um, bouncy, you know, a lot of things were uh, that people knocked him on was that he wasn't athletic enough, but I, I don't think that's, I just don't think that's true. Would you uh, consider him undersized for the NBA? 6'4"? Yeah, for the, yeah, for his position. Um, No, because... His wingspan, I think he also has a pretty big wingspan as well. And he can shoot so well, it doesn't, it it wouldn't matter as much. So he's also another floor spacer. Yeah. But I think he'll, I think he's gonna hit the ground running and uh with the jazz. And I think he there they found another one and along with Donovan Mitchell a couple years ago, another guy that kind of was over the radar at first and then fell in the draft. And they were like, all right, well, he's right here. We got to take him. So I think they found another one who was the one of their guys. Like, man, he looks really good uh, so far in the summer league. But, you know, sometimes summer league doesn't translate as much. I don't think that's true as much. I, basketball is basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, but especially with, with NBA rules input. But it has happened where some guys don't translate as well. And once you, do, uh, you know, you get to your main team and things kind of change and your roles change, mm-hmm. it gets a little harder. So, yeah. Dre, real quick, I know this was on the script, but what do you think about Imani Bates? Have you been have you been able to watch him play at all? I watched him. I watched him once. He looked good. He looked comfortable. Uh, he looked really comfortable with, uh, with the Cavs. But like I said again, one it's different because I don't really see any of their main guys down there, right. uh, playing. So it's hard to say what he'll do once he gets with the Cavs. Um, but at the same time, I think he. I think he'll be solid, man. I, he's a shooter. He's a scorer. And one of the things the Cavs need is a guy that play the wings position to score. Uh, I think that's what they were missing, especially in the playoffs. Uh, they relied on Donovan Mitchell a lot. Like, he had yeah. to do a lot. Uh, and they it showed a lot of that they didn't have, like, the tenacity to kind of just, like, get to it, especially with them losing to Brunson and the Knicks. Mm-hmm. One, no one really – no one everyone said like oh my god that might be a long series and no one realized that that was a four i want to say a four one series yeah and and we I mean, remember we talked about if brunson was worth that max contract was he worth the money yeah. and I think he, he answered that for us yeah pretty much answered that for the year so yeah. we'll see that man i i like that i like it yeah dre you know, uh you know speaking of guys with high expectations and with a lot of people questioning their skill set what do you think about what you've seen from victor Wimbanyama so far oh man he, look, he looks good yeah uh for the people who don't understand how the nba actually is uh it's very very hard for you know i don't know what their the what the expectation was for him to to right off the bat i guess people thought he was just gonna go out there and get 40 right off the bat that's just not how it is in the nba especially not your first you know summer league game yeah and and think about it like this, LeBron. I want to say for his first summer league game, for summer league game, I think he had like eight points. His, another summer league game, he had like he had like five. Like it's not, it doesn't happen like that for everyone all the time. 
But one of the things that I, I really, really want people to pay attention to is the fact that his blocks every game have been three or more every single time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, his first game, I seen he had five blocks, made some great pass, made some pretty good passes, and he looked like he he looked like a number one pick. And then in his second his second game, he kind of put it together a little bit and had like a as people will say a bounce back game, twenty seven points. He had he's he got a double double easy, and he made sure people knew like oh you you can't mess with me like I'm a, I'm the number one pick for a reason. Yeah. Do you so, think, do you think he will struggle? on the defensive end against these bigger centers with the Embiid's and the Cats and the Jokic's and maybe even the Kristaps. So we're going to be honest. Um, there's probably only two, cent- two three centers that will really kill him um, for, for the year, and that'll be probably who uh, the the Jokic's and the who the Embiid's. B and who else after that? Cat. I don't, I don't think Cats plays enough five. Okay, so the, which means we'll, we're not counting Anthony Davis and Giannis either. Then I don't think I think Giannis he'll, he'll struggle with because Giannis sometimes de- does play the five, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like man, looking at him being seven four seven five, he is a he is a tower. Like he is tall, and yes, he's a little skinny. But at the same time, like, you know, who who wasn't their first year in the in the NBA? Like, most people are a little little undersized, little under uh, underweight. You know, year. you know, I'm glad you brought that up, Drake, because I was actually doing some research, and when when Benyama was ten pounds lighter than when Kareem came into the league, and we saw what Kareem was able to do when he first came in. I I also think that's a different time, but at, at the same time, back then. Um, they relied on centers a lot. Like centers were the main guys in the NBA back then when Kareem first came in, right. and the whole time Kareem played. So yeah. I agree. I agree. So and, and with the spacing today, and guys aren't able to be as physical as they were back then. I, the 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 size is not going to worry me, as opposed to the strength. Will he be strong enough to absorb the contact? Yeah, that's what that's what I'll be looking forward to seeing. And a, that. and a guy who I think kind of underwhelmed his first couple games, and and it was a little it was a little weird watching because I watched him when he was in college was Brandon mm-hmm. Miller. Um, yeah, I thought he would. I think he'll. I think for the year he'll play he'll play better. I just know that once people kind of go to Charlotte, it's kind of rough for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than like maybe Lamelo and and um uh, maybe a couple other like Miles Bridges just got but, paid too. Yeah, he got he got his money. I'm happy for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, D- six nine, six eight. Does does Miles Bridges' game remind you of anybody that you've seen before? I'm trying to think. It's hard to say. Um, lefty can shoot, but also just an uh, an amazing athlete as well. But realistically, his he evolved his game while he was there. Man, he worked on it. I don't know. So hard, you know. I I can't think of one either, man. Because he, Brandon Miller game is quite unique, and because of his size as well. Oh, I, I'm sorry. You said Miles Bridges. I don't know why I thought of Miles Bridges when you said. Yeah, that. you said left-handed. I was like, oh, uh, yeah. Okay, so uh, Brandon Miller, 
he reminds me a little bit of Paul George has that in him. Um, but I don't think he, he probably has a better, a better shot than Paul George when he first came out. Mm -hmm. I think Paul George kind of over time kind of got like that, but Brandon Miller also shoots it at a low point, which is something that they were talking about as well. Like he'll have to get it up. Yeah. Uh, you know, guys are now NBA athletes. Like they'll, they'll, you know, that's something on a scouting report. They'll know, like he shoots it low. So when he's loading up to shoot, just go up and uh, contest it. He'll have to change his shot. He's not the playmaker that Paul George was either, and that, that's because of his handle. Because even when Paul George was in Indiana, he did a great job of creating space with his crossovers and getting to his open spots. I haven't seen that with Brendan Miller yet. What I've seen so far, Brandon, is he relies a lot on his athleticism, and I, that's because he hasn't had to use much of his skill set uh, against against his opponents. But we saw what happened in NCAA tournament when he played against better competition. He struggled. So that'll be hopefully that'll be interesting to see if he's able from from my from my eyes if he's able to add that ability to be more consistent in Crispin's crossover and be yeah. more consistent getting to his open spots. And then so so for him uh, for the year, what are you thinking? How do you, how do you think that's something that that he can work on with that? What's gonna be been what's what's gonna help Brandon Miller out a lot is that he'll be able to play off the ball with Lamelo, and that he won't be in situations. Uh, where he has to create all the time but what would help Brandon Miller out is knowing what what Paul George actually does a great job as well is that when he when he crosses over he's noticed with PG he shifts he, he's able to shift his hips a lot and so what Brandon can work on this offseason is working on opening his gate or opening up his hips and that will allow him to be more fluid and it will be it will help him be more crisp and creating more uh, more, 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 like more strength, more energy on his crossover and being more crisp with it. And I think that will allow him to get to his open spot better. But also Paul George does a great job of initiating contact on his drives. And what I've seen from Brandon is that he loops a lot on his drive. So if you can learn to initiate more contact and just open up his gate more on his hips, I, that will help him out, help him out a lot. And, and Brandon Ingram had that same issue as well, but we saw when he got to New Orleans. I don't know who he worked with down there, but he started to use his assets too. He's long, so you know he's he extends the ball out on his drive. So Brandon Miller, I'm sorry, Brandon Ingram fixed a lot of the issues that he had that were similar to what Brandon Miller has now. Yeah. Um, another guy who I want people to kind of look out for, um, Jarris Walker. I loved him out of Houston as well. I loved him when he was at Houston. He was taken in the eighth. He was taken by the Pacers, actually. Um, you know, the Pacers are now there in fee full on retooling, rebuilding. But also Walker now also has uh Tyrese Halliburton and they have their their superstar. But Jairus Walker also is really good, man. Like six nine, six ten, um, can handle the ball, actually a pretty big body, has a great, like great frame. Um Big shoulders can actually still probably put more weight on his frame, which is the even scarier part. And is very is actually really athletic and actually can shoot it as well. He can shoot it as well, too. Extremely athletic. <laughs> so uh a lot of good plays players taken out of his draft, man. I it'll it'll be told in the coming years about what happens with Wimby, but I think floor-wise, you get what Rudy Gobert. Um high ceiling-wise, you get <laughs> What uh the next coming of Kareem, 
Ooh. Oh, brother, that is. You're someone the second greatest player of all time, man. That's. Hey, teach his own how their goats are. Who the, who's in their top five? I'm not. Gonna no argue. one. No one. No one even said anything. <laughs> but, uh, but I'm just saying like that. Maybe that. more. Maybe more skilled than Kareem. Maybe, maybe at the peak. At the peak. Yeah. He maybe would Hakeem be a better uh comparison? No, because Hakeem was a great even at um because he went to UNLV, correct? Yeah. Even at UNLV had a great like i think he has some of the best work i've ever like he still has some of the best work i've ever seen yeah 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 and you know I, and i don't i, I just akeem's, to... akeem's the closest thing to akeem i would say is probably joel Embiid, but great uh, yeah but i don't think Embiid plays with his back to the basket as much and uses his footwork as more for as much um but you know akeem is akeem now would have been a great small forward or even like a power forward yeah he would have been a center if, if he was playing now uh the most skilled center of all time you know and you could argue the pound for pound maybe the most skilled skilled player most skilled player of all time you know most skilled the players that come to mind for me are hakeem mj and kobe in terms of just pound for pound most skilled but yeah you know that's another topic it, another day. you can say uh, that for uh, you know, Dre, I, I just want to, I want to throw this thought provoke, uh, you know, this, this thought nugget out there and we don't got to answer right now, but just think about it. If Wimby was not seven, three or seven, four, sorry. If he was not seven, four, say he was six, eight, would people still consider him skilled? I just, um, I, I don't think so. But at the same, like, because then he'd be right in the range of regular, of uh, of just kind of the everyday center or the usual center. I don't think he would have been taken number one. But at the same time, because he is seven feet and he's doing all those things, like he he is dribbling like a guard. He is shooting it pretty well. He does like um get a lot of block shots, but he's also very finesse and has great hands. Also, had like. I want to say like he has like huge hands, um, but also has has a deep, has a pretty good like um, jump shot as well. So I want to say like he's everything that's about him like he's gonna be like there's only way it messes up is if um, is if the the Spurs somehow mess it up. It's the only way he's not good. Yeah, yeah. You know it, it it'll be interesting to see moving forward, man. But you can't argue that all of these players are just extremely talented. And I, I'm glad that I'm, I, or I hope that players and, and the fans are, especially from the older generation, man, I'm, I hope that they're starting to see now that the, the, the guys today are just more skilled, man. Not saying they're better, but they're just more skilled. I would say more skilled, but I think a lot more. Um, I think the game is just different now today. Yeah. yeah. I would say it's different. Yeah. I wouldn't. Yeah, right. Right different and I, that's why i don't, don't want to say better they're not i want to say better but they are more skilled but i was watching these guys i was watching summer league yes last night man and they were i mean mind these guys are 19 20 years old and i was looking at that i was like man like i wasn't able to do that six no. five six years ago <laughs> man, every what every five to ten years it kind of changes so it changes it, it is what it is yeah yeah but but trey trey 
Yeah. Uh, I want to I want to transition to something that um that also involves a lot of talented talent talented athletes, man. Uh, tennis. Oh, tennis. <laughs> Dre, Dre, as you got as you know you you were in Wimbledon a couple years ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> the most popular tennis event of the year is going on right now. Most important or the most popular major, the Wimbledon. Is going on right now, and Dre, I was just want I wanted to just highlight the number of successful black tennis players that are that are playing right now, and I don't know if we've ever had a space like this, man, where there have been this many successful black tennis players, man. And as you already know we talked about this off the air, Chris Eubanks, um, who had a has had an amazing run to the quarterfinals this year just lost yesterday um is ranked at this time number 43 in the world he'll probably jump up to around 26 25 after or when the new atp rankings come out uh francis tiafo who's actually from hyattsville maryland which is not far from where i'm at in the dmv area shout out to the dmv DMV, like we usually say (laughs) and uh, he didn't perform too well in Wimbledon. He did make it to the third round, but he won his last event, which wasn't a major, it was one of the smaller events uh, on the WTP in Stuttgart uh, right before Wimbledon. And he's currently ranked number 10. He'll probably stay at number 10 when the new ATP rankings come out. Uh, Madison Keys, someone who's been playing uh, as a professional since the early 2010s, uh, ranked number 25 currently in the world, made it to the quarterfinals as well. Uh, she uh she will probably jump up to around sixteen to eighteen when the new ATP rankings come out. Uh, and Sloane Stevens, who we just talked about, um, seems like she's playing for been playing for a long time, but she's only thirty years old. Made it to the third round of the Wimbledon tournament this year. Uh, currently ranked number thirty nine. I think she'll jump up to somewhere between thirty two when the new rankings come out. And sensation coco golf um she's currently ranked number four in the world but she did get upset in the first round uh and Wimbledon this year but she drew a tough match man uh, i don't like how i don't know exactly how they determine the wild cards or who plays who in terms of those higher seeds but she 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 drew a tough match and so um i'm not surprised that she lost in the first round man but coco as Another young, talented, gifted black tennis player, man. That is just it, it's it's refreshing to see, and it, I think it's a direct reflection. And it's ironic we talked about this last year. It's a direct reflection of the impact that Serena Williams and Venus Williams have had on the world of tennis. Shout out to him, man, for real. Yeah, yeah. And my my, I want to ask this question. Um, now that tennis, you think it? Do you think that tennis is becoming more of a of an like an American sport is it more now being picked up more uh just in in just different types of neighborhoods and that it's not just a a very big sport where you have to pay a lot of money for I, I I do Dre I do I do think that more Americans are starting to play tennis and what people are starting to see is that because tennis has always had this misconception that it's it's an expensive sport yeah play. and that's not entirely true man. That's not entirely true. The, the most money you have to pay for internal equipment is, is the rackets. And but we know tennis balls are quite cheap because we use them for basketball. Um, 
but there are also more more leagues and more opportunities for young kids to get into tennis now as opposed to what they were maybe 20 even 15 years ago okay yeah but and, and there and there's more americans who i didn't even name um there are also they're also playing that played quite well in wimbledon so i do agree with you Jay. in 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 general americans are starting to recognize tennis and are starting to get into tennis more. Okay. And so I, I would say, because I think it's it's a testament for every, like we said before, even with basketball, five to 10 years, five to 10 years ago, uh, well, 10 years ago, there weren't as many Europeans uh, in the league or even like being talked about going top 10, going top, top uh, going lottery as now. And then, so do you think that it will have that type of effect of of jumping up, just becoming a very more of a common sport than than it would be, uh, you know, than it would be looked at as like hockey or golf mm. or anything like that? Accessibility will always make sports popular. So just just off accessibility in like you like we just talked about uh, pricing and how cost effective things are, tennis will be pop will be more popular than hockey because. I mean, I mean, Trey, you live up, you live up in Minnesota. I mean, besides there, like where else do people really play hockey at? Hey, you'd be surprised. People, people be playing hockey, but it's a, it's definitely an up north sport. Um, north, northeast. Uh, I want to say California, Michigan, like my, mainly the the upper north, uh, Midwest and the northeast states, and then very, very surprisingly, <laughs> Tampa Bay, uh, Florida. I want to say Florida is starting to pick up a lot with hockey. Really? Yeah. Well, the Lightning won and the fact that they're, yeah, with the Lightning winning and them being so good and having a lot of popularity in the state of Florida, people really love that. Yeah. Uh, but I want to say those are just the main places that people will see is mainly like that mid, the upper Midwest and then the northeast and then california i think is with any sport is going to be always popular yeah and, and you know Dre, and i just thought about this as well you know it's something we talked about um quite a bit is as in, you know in our culture and in, in african-american culture um we we kind of we drive what's popular in media and and what's popular in the country and so that's why also part of the reason why i highlighted this is because once you start to see once we start to see more of our own people be successful in the sport, that's going to draw more attraction to our community. So we're going to start to see more black athletes in tennis, which I think is then going to make that sport more popular in America. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that a lot. Yeah. But that's why I wanted to do. I just wanted to highlight some of the work that those tennis players are doing because they're just phenomenal. I wish I could play tennis. But I'm just just was not built for it, man. Just that's not my thing. But you did you you played in Wimbledon, so say that I was not. <laughs> I don't believe what he has to say. It was not for me. But Dre, uh, amazing show today, brother. Um, you got any shout outs you want to get before you sign off? You know, shout out to the fans. We appreciate everything you guys do. Thank you for taking the time out and just checking us out and watching us. Shout out to you, Kashan. I appreciate it. You know. We're always on here, all love, especially couldn't do this without anyone else. Um, shout out to my homie. Her name is Paige Kylie Yates or Paige Yates. You can find her on Instagram, Paige Kylie Yates or pa uh, Paige 
under under uh underwritten page or, or page on that's our instagram by uh, you know uh handle shout out to my guy lord in the stitch uh one of the some of the best with clothing and styling along with page h so like go check them out guys i'm telling you they'll you'll be shocked not just shocked because i always brag about how how talented and great they are but you'll be shocked that you didn't check it out before and that you didn't know who they were before this nice nice uh dre you hit it around the head man shout out to the fans none of this is possible without them um dre shout out to you because i can't do this without you man and i wouldn't want to do it with anyone else and so i'm just blessed to to do this with you man i love you bro and shout out to the most high man because it's just a blessing to be alive today and in this moment and let's not forget that guys oh also dre shout out to maya because she is taking you up to the cabin today <laughs> or this weekend and dre just promise that you're going to have floaties with you when you go swimming man that's all of course, I man. i'm a natural i'm a natural swimmer guys for all of you every one of my people who know me knows that you know we'd be in the ocean and everything else so well used to be in the ocean and you know shout out to the certified lifeguard being a lifeguard and, uh, you know how it is Speaking of lifeguard, real quick, Drake, quick story, 30 seconds story, I promise, and then we're going to sign off. Uh, guys, when we were in England, uh, we had a three-week break from our season, and me and Dre went to the local pool, and Dre let me drown. I We were doing swimming, we were doing laps, and Dre was like, yeah, because I got you, bro, don't worry, like you can just swim to the deep end. Hey, I, <laughs> do not believe what this man is saying. I, I, was, I went back to saving, and he grabbed the wall and was like, I'm good. I said, all right, well, you, you good now. He was in shock, yes, but he was good. It, he made me swim a full length. I told him I can't swim. And then he gave me the he gave me the little floaty. He's like, here, use this. I use that. And that made it worse. <laughs> it was harder. <laughs> so anyway, guys, make sure you choose your teammates carefully when you go swimming with them because I trusted Dre so much and he almost let me die. And I had to build up that trust back with him, man. But <laughs> still okay. love you though, man. <laughs> but guys, that's all we have for today. Um if you haven't already, subscribe to us on YouTube uh, and check us out on Patreon as well. We post exclusive content exclusive content on there daily. Uh, subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all streaming platforms. You can find us wherever our podcast is there. And yeah, Dre, great episode today, man. Um, we'll be back again next week. And we also will be back next week with some more Patreon content as well. So stay tuned for that, guys. Continue to stay safe. Be vigilant, make smart decisions. Until next time, guys, peace.